Jack WNST, Dallas and Baltimore and Baltimore Positive. We are uh, positively sort of back on the beat here, getting into March. We have Maryland Crab Cake Tours back out on the road. I'm at Drug City on Friday, 1954. They should have one that says 1968. That's my birthday. On uh, Drug City in Dundalk, Maryland. Come on down on Friday. Um, I've got some surprises, but Calvin Stadium is going to be a part of this. Um, and anybody from the Dundalk area familiar with the uh, Stadium Singers, uh, that's Friday at Drug City. All brought to you by the Maryland Lottery. In conjunction with our friends at Window Nation, 866-90 Nation. We'll be telling you more about them all month long. We'll be at Fadley's on Wednesday, the 8th. Doing the Maryland Crab Cake Tour, sneaking maybe one last one in down at the old Lexington Market. We got some great guest book for that as well. And in the meantime, let's see. They're playing spring training baseball. Sometimes we get to watch the games. The Terps are crushing it right now and uh, bowl eligible, as they would say. It's March. It's March Madness. And, of course, we have a saga here that has now engulfed ESPN. It has engulfed all of... Uh, sports nation around the National Football League. Man, this thing's got everything. It's got race. It's got players association. It's got quarterbacks. It's got franchises. It's about to have franchise owners and agents, all sorts of stuff. Luke, are we intrigued yet by Lamar Jackson drama sweepstakes? This, you must admit, this is a unique, unique thing for us to be covering. And I re-released the Ray Lewis 2009 conversation from Tampa. It's been 14 years now when Ray went on. Ray Lewis was in the Hall of Fame. Didn't have a statue yet, but was in the Hall of Fame when all this went on. Lamar Jackson's in the Hall of, yeah, he's pretty good, but let's see him win some playoff games. This is a fascinating debate, um, and it's the time for the debate, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that comparison's all that, all that relevant from the standpoint of Ray Lewis was very much closer to the end of his career, a middle linebacker, even a Hall of Fame middle linebacker compared to a franchise quarterback. Lamar Jackson's better than pretty good. Let, let's come on. Let's let's not go back to that discussion. We can debate where he ranks in terms of franchise quarterbacks, but he's absolutely a franchise quarterback. But I don't know if intrigues the word for me at this point as much as exhaustion, quite frankly, because we've been at this specifically in the context of guaranteed contracts and Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns and what all that means for the Baltimore Ravens and for Lamar Jackson for 11 months now. Uh, I mean, we're at 11 months since uh, that deal was given and uh, that changed the landscape of this with what had already been uh, a unique and, uh, you know, unsettling negotiation from the standpoint of where everyone was on this thing two yeah, plus I years ago. I don't know. But, like as, as I'm in on Deshaun Watson thinking that sort of screwed it up, I don't know that it was ever going to get done with or without. Like, I, you know, I don't know where yeah. where Lamar's head was on the money on end. And nobody does either. I don't know that that is the only – I think it was certainly a game changer in, in the negotiation. But sure. I think all along – I don't think he would have been a camp last year. I don't think it would have been done. I, I don't, I just don't think it would have been done. And that's, I don't know what it would have taken to get this done when it's all done 90 days from now. And he's playing for the dolphins wherever it is. Right. Like I, I, I will wonder aloud. And I don't know that Eric will ever be honest with anybody. If he wasn't going to be honest with me, that we'll ever really know what's going on here the last year, but it certainly feels like 
we're on the exit slope, right? I mean, we're on the exit ramp at this point, right? I, I don't know that. I mean, you keep saying that and other people have said that. I'm not sure about that because it still comes back to if you even if you are going to trade Lamar Jackson, he's going to have to sign a franchise tag in order to do so. If another team is going to acquire his services, he's going to have to sign a long term contract in order for that team to do that. I don't know if that's happening. And all not... of these things are usually baked by like a really professional agent and a team of lawyers that get behind the scenes and figure out how to get to Sean Watson to Jimmy Haslam and get him to Cleveland and get a deal and get draft picks worked out and make Houston have all that has to happen here for this to sure. happen. Right? No question. And, <laughs> and look, there's so much conjecture, every report that comes out that, claim some new information. I'm not so sure there is new information, you know, beyond some anonymous quotes here or there, or he said, she said type situations, all this stuff about the offensive coordinator search. I'm bored by hearing that. Uh, I, even if Lamar Jackson was signed long-term, I don't know how involved he would have been in the search. I don't know how involved he would have wanted, wanted to have been in the search. I can think back to Joe Flacco not being terribly involved in, in offensive coordinator searches, and I'm not sure that there are that many quarterbacks around the league that are going to be that involved beyond some text here and there, maybe a call, maybe a quick Zoom, things of that nature. So all of those factors, this still comes back to a very simple principle. Now, when I say simple, I mean clear-cut. It uh, doesn't mean that it's easy to fix because it involves compromise from one side or the other, or in most cases, both sides compromising. But it comes down to a very clear-cut principle. Both of these sides have a legitimate argument, whether you want to agree with it or not, whether you think one side is right and the other side's completely wrong, both sides have a legit clear-cut argument here. Lamar Jackson looks at Deshaun Watson and says, the Cleveland Browns gave this guy, who is not as accomplished as I have been, has not been a league MVP, had not played the last two years, and has all this off-field baggage to the point that he's going to cause all kinds of bad publicity for your community. And he got this fully guaranteed deal. Why shouldn't I get that? On the flip side, the Baltimore Ravens say, just because the Cleveland Browns make a bad move, a stupid move in our mind, does not mean that we have to follow suit. And we feel this is an outlier. We feel that quarterback deals that have been done since then, albeit Kyler Murray and, and Russell Wilson aren't perfect comps to Lamar Jackson by any means, because Kyler Murray is not as accomplished and Russell Wilson's much older. So you don't have a perfect comp. And Lamar Jackson had a better year than either one of them. The, the, you know, for, for where it is. I mean, Before he got hurt, sure. At the end, sure, right. Sure, so, so that's what we keep coming back to this. Everything else, you know, the OC... All this conflation between fully guaranteed and total guarantee, which really hasn't reflected well in a lot of media types. You're either ignorant to what that what those terms actually mean, or you're manipulating it to to push whatever your narrative is. Uh, because the 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 dollars that are thrown out there, uh, comparing one contract to another, it's apples to oranges. People are throwing out what the full guarantee at signing was compared to the total guarantee of other deals. Uh, I mean, it's just, there's so much, I mean, there's just so much out there that is conjecture or speculation or trying to manipulate uh, what little reporting that has been done over the last calendar year uh, about this. I mean, the reality is from a media standpoint, there's been very little clear-cut information that's been released from either side and even stuff that's been put out there through back channels you question how accurate it is it is so we still come back to this very 
basic principle of both parties here in this negotiation having a legitimate argument. Again, that doesn't mean you have to think Lamar Jackson's right. doesn't mean you have to think the Baltimore Ravens are completely right uh, in this. I, you know, I've said all along, going back two years ago, that I, I feel both sides probably did things, uh, you know, as, as far as a negotiation goes, that you know, probably wasn't the best way to approach it. But here we are uh, at this point now where we're in the midst of the franchise tag window. Uh, we will have some sense of a revolu- resolution as it pertains to which tag by next week, you know, March 7th being the deadline. Uh, we're going to hear from Eric DaCosta and John Harbaugh this week at the Combine in Indianapolis. I don't think we're going to get that much uh, that that's different than what we've already heard uh, at different points, which is not much. Uh, we're we're going to hear them say complimentary things about Lamar Jackson, even if they don't care for Lamar Jackson, the negotiator at, at this point in time, two years into this thing. But until there is a resolution, a trade, uh, a decision to be made on the tag, or if they do at some point in time work out a compromise and still salvage this thing from a long-term standpoint, all of those options still involve needing to play nice and needing to play nice publicly. So now that doesn't mean that that's going to continue to happen. Or as we've heard you know, different leaks, you know, Stephen A. Smith talking about things from uh, Lamar Jackson's side of this thing, someone from his camp, which, you know, how much of it's accurate, how much is not, I don't know. But this still comes back to, at the end of the day, both sides having an argument that has some legitimacy to it, whether you think it's the right one or not. And both sides have a lot of conviction about uh, their own uh, their, their own argument in this. But it's led to this impasse that, as I said to you, the, the moment the season ended and we turned our attention away from Tyler Huntley fumbling the ball at the goal line to what is going to happen with Lamar Jackson, I continue to say what is going to change that hasn't already been the case the last couple of years. And I think at this point now, and one thing that has been brought up a, a little bit here recently, which is why I'm still not ready to say that that ship has sailed in terms of Lamar Jackson is what's going to happen with Joe Burrow. What's going to happen with Justin Herbert. It's going to happen with Jalen hurts. Uh, if you're Lamar and you're still looking for a fully guaranteed deal, or let's say at least more fully guaranteed money than Deshaun Watson, you know, as we get into the semantics of this and whether Lamar's asked for a fully guaranteed deal or not uh, and all of that. But we know he's clearly asking for a ton of fully guaranteed money, more than Deshaun Watson. Uh, and the Ravens haven't been willing to do that. And at this point, with, with him having been injured at the end of each of the last two years, doesn't feel uh, like there's any reason for them to change uh, the, their position there. But if you're Lamar, you're more inclined to continue to try to wait this out because what happens with Burrow? What happens with Herbert? What happens with Jalen Hurts? And it's not to say any of those organizations are going to give out fully guaranteed deals. It's not to say that those individuals are going to seek fully guaranteed deals in the way that Lamar has, but there are more data points, right? And if there's a couple more deals that come come out uh, later this off season and they're not fully guaranteed it, it it just pokes more holes in Lamar's camp's argument. On the flip side, if one of those guys does push, then this looks like much more of an inflection point. You know, so it's a lot on the line here. And as you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, not even mentioning at this point the NFLPA and D Smith and you know, D Smith talked about this in a podcast about a month ago, talking <laughs> flat out said uh, talked about the idea of Watts the Watson deal and Lamar's deal being bookends for quarterbacks getting fully guaranteed deals. So that's why you know some of the more recent 
information and Stephen A. saying what he said uh, about Lamar not seeking a fully guaranteed deal, you know that that doesn't that doesn't smell right uh, compared to everything we've either heard or assumed about this deal. So or about this negotiation. So you know nothing has really changed uh, compared to you and I talking about this two weeks ago or a month ago or ten months ago, quite frankly. But uh, what what has changed is we are at the point where we're getting the, to, to the deadline of the tag. Which tag is it going to be? Exclusive, non-exclusive? What does that mean? Uh, if you put Lamar in a position where you say, go see if you can get that fully guaranteed deal, how does he go about doing that? Do the Ravens try to accommodate that You know, it, through the, the, the exclusive tag and saying, hey, we'll talk to team A, B, and C who has interest in you and see what they're willing to offer, see what the trade compensation is, all that, you know, We'll see how that plays out, but we are at least getting to a point now where we're at least going to find out which tag it is, and then we're going to see how it proceeds from there. So, you know, as much as we keep trying to say, because I think so many people, whether you're pro Lamar, pro Ravens, or just sick of it one way or the other, uh, waiting for this thing to be over, I, I don't know if we're getting that resolution sooner rather than later. So, buckle up, and you know, at this point in time, it. You prepare for it to potentially get a little more, uh, a little more heated uh, as far as things being leaked. But uh, at this point in time, you know, even though there had been some recent reports, you know, it still doesn't feel like anything that dra- dramatically different has occurred here. We're still at the same point where both sides have uh, a strong argument that they feel has some legitimacy to it, and uh, there has not been a, a compromise made in the process. He is Luke Jones. He is Baltimore Luke. He will be on it. Uh, if there's any real news, you'll get it first on the WNST Tech Service, brought to you by our friends at Coons Baltimore Ford. Dennis will be here on th- uh, 3 until 5 on Thursday with Luke, amongst others, and again on Sunday. And uh, at, the more I read about it, and the more I think about it, and the more I even have my own inside information with John Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta, who used to actually like sit down and have three hour breakfast with me and talk about such things uh, this time last year. Um, I, I, the most important thing the Ravens can do, and I'm going to write a column about this is keep his value high. That's their sole goal in this, right? So at the combine this week, Eric, John, you and I used to fly out there for this. They won't credential me. They didn't credential me at the radio row a couple weeks ago. Like these perfunctory press conferences with leader A or leader B of said organization times 32 other than Belichick in in Indianapolis. We've been a part of a dozen of these. I've been a part of more than those over the years. They, they really are very scripted, right? I mean, by the time you get to this point, every team has its script. We need this. We want that. This is what we're saying. This is what we're not saying. These are our coordinators. Meet our new staff. Meet our new coach. Meet our new general manager. It, that's what this next six weeks is about for a lot of these organizations. I've been a lot of combines, a lot of these owners' meetings. The owners' meetings, it's always the head coach. They have a breakfast. It's It's a month later on where we are. Then there's a liar's luncheon period. Then there's the draft. These next eight weeks for other organizations, it's almost like it's been around here for a number of years. Hey, tell me about your safety. Tell me about your quarterbacks. Look, this team has so many questions right now, right? Like, Above and beyond Lamar and everything that happens there, you did the Todd Munkin journey last week, and we'll figure out the 
you know, new coaches and strengthening, like all of that stuff that's happening inside the organization. But the smokescreen here and nationally on the Lamar thing, it's like suffocating, right? Like it's like there's no room to talk about anything else. And I know the Ravens would love to pat their backs about Roquan Smith and talk about the year Marlon Humphrey had and talk about their needs and talk about bringing Calais Campbell. But they'll, they'll be doing all that this week. But there's not a whole lot of oxygen. There won't be questions about any of that, especially not from the national media out in Indianapolis. No, no question. I mean, it's there's one story for the Baltimore Ravens, and it's the future of Lamar Jackson. You know, regardless of how you think it's playing out, regardless of whether you're holding out hope for a compromise in a long term deal, or you think that he's going to play on the tag, or even if you think he, it is going to be a trade. And uh, as I've said for a while, I'm I'm expecting anything at this point, anything and everything. Uh, but you just said it, it. It's such an interesting time for the organization from a standpoint of you have the rest of the roster fully acknowledging wide receiver, fully acknowledging needing to add a cornerback of consequence, whether it's uh, an early pick or trying to re-sign Marcus Peters. Uh, But those two positions aside, and look, those are big positions. Let's be clear about that. But when you look at the remainder of this roster, if we're putting Lamar over to the side for a moment, understanding that that's paramount with everything that's going on with them right now because it impacts everything else from a cap standpoint and what else you're doing but you look at the rest of this roster it's very much a roster that you would say is a contender right i mean if everyone's healthy and you know you bring in todd munkin you add a wide receiver you draft a corner it, but it's you a roster say that- all of those things and if you add Derek carr Let's uh, just say Derek Carr. Let's not talk about tyler Hay. Now, i mean Derek carr is an accomplished guy right i mean is he? he's Okay, he's played in the league. He's been a starter. That We can make that argument either way. But let's say you get a veteran you can play 16 games. Not what Russell Wilson was last year. Not what Carson Wentz has been three different times. Like I'm talking mm-hmm. about a serviceable Ryan Tannehill, right? Uh, you know, like a serviceable starting quarterback for this team. Is this team a playoff team? If they get adequate quarterback, if they get Matt Stafford, if they get adequate quarterback play. Uh, I mean, a playoff team, sure, because almost half the teams make the playoffs. Fair do enough. I think, Fair do enough. I think they're? Do I think they're a, a, a legitimate contender of any consequence? No. Are they going to be that, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert in back-to-back-to-back weeks in January? Right. No, right. They're not. So, right. so, but that, but this is where it comes back to what I was just mentioning: that you have the rest of this roster that feels like it's built to win right now. I mean. You know, Calais Campbell is under contract, right? I mean, you have other veterans under contract. Uh, So you you look at where the rest of the roster is, albeit a a couple other areas they have to address. And and again, Lamar's status complicates all of that because how much is Lamar going to count on the cap? Is it 32 million? Is it 45 million on the exclusive tag? Is it big striking a long-term deal and it would be on the lower side and then you would have a little more flexibility. I mean, this is what where you're dealing with this right now. That's why you would like a resolution sooner rather than later. But if you're trading Lamar Jackson and look, what you just presented, lots of people have talked about. I'm unmoved about that. I to me bringing in Derek Carr or Ryan Tannehill to do what? Uh, I mean, this isn't a franchise that has missed the playoffs and is just going to be happy with a 10 and seven record. Uh, for, for me, if you're, if you're trading, if you're going to trade Lamar Jackson, I want to go land a, a franchise quarterback in the draft or, you know, 
figure out how you're doing it because that's what's, you know, it, it's very, you know, just like we've talked about all these different scenarios, it's easy to sit here in late February and March and say, well, we'll trade Lamar Jackson. Well, all right. Yeah. Because you don't, you're not playing another football game that matters for six months, but what are you doing in the meantime? <laughs> if you bring in that veteran and then say, all right, well, we'll look towards, you know, we'll get these picks and we'll have th these early picks in next year's draft or, or whatever, which I, I don't know how you can hey, even say all that. all of this but, has been scrimmaged in Jupiter two weeks ago, right? No question. Which, right? But but, th but this is where I just keep coming back to, you know, I mean, and look, I, I didn't mean to be quite as dismissive as I was when you but said But are Derek you going to win the Super Bowl with I, Lamar Jackson? Is Lamar uh, Jackson going to go beat these three guys? I don't think so. I, I didn't even show up four weeks ago. So I can get the Dundalk angry fan in me out, too, and okay, say – but. But I'm you can't. You guy. can't Let's possibly. Move to the next guy, because we're not going to win a Super Bowl with this guy, and we're not going to give him two hundred fifty million dollars. So I can play that that card too. But to your point, they might have more uncertainty, right, going into this combine this week. It would be interesting if they still let me in to go out there and just sniff around with the other media people, because I have been in the room where they're the most confident people in the room. Eric's hired for life. John's hired for life. Everybody's comfortable. We do draft picks better than anybody. Ozzy's still in the corner over there. Our owner lets us do our thing. We, nobody's at, like, they are a comfortable bunch. Like it's, I've seen it. And all mm -hmm. I see is uncomfort every or discomfort everywhere else where John's in a seat looking over and, you know, Packers got a new coach. Vikings got, everybody's got a new coach and they're comfortable and I think Steve's comfortable. This is an uncomfortable 60 days for them, 90 days, because they are not going to bed knowing who their quarterback is either. I think they're pretty convinced it's not going to be Lamar. I mean, I keep working for that premise that I yeah. don't believe there can be a marriage here. And Dennis and I work from that angle, and we sound like, like pricks. Like, it, no, we sound like businessmen who've been through this and older people who've been through this with employees, who've watched it in sports, who've watched it everywhere, who are now watching this manufactured lie machine, right? Like John's lying. Lamar's going to have input on my coordinator. Eric's up there fiddling around, making notes, sweating his ass off, right? All that's going to come out again this week because they are not comfortable right now because yeah. – Carson Wentz might be their quarterback on September 7th, and there's not a damn thing they can do about it. Like, literally, that that there's nothing. They, this kid has come in and said, it's 232, don't call me until you're, you're not guaranteed, then don't call me. Don't call me and insult me with $150 million. Don't do it. And then there's OTAs last year, the head coach um, texting some media members about Lamar's absence and Lamar's being chippy, Lamar's Twitter stuff, Lamar not being on the sideline and since like all of this smells to me and I can't treat it in any other way, Luke. Like for me to talk about Lamar being the quarterback of this team in September would say to me that they would take him to market. No one would want him. He would actually play under the tag and come in and happily show up at some point before like August 23rd, right? To play for $52 million or 48 points, whatever that number is, right? That mm -hmm. like that's poppycock, Luke. There, there's no way that's going to happen. So for me to on March 1st, to be discussing the possibility that they're going to work things out with Lamar. And here's the weird thing. 85% of the fan base that I touch, I'm talking people with purple underwear, right? 
Mm-hmm. Real Raven fans, they believe they're going to figure it out and he's going to play. Like, I think it's a very small percentage of people that, because they always were, they worked this out with Johnny Unitas, they worked this out with Joe Flacco, they worked this out with Ray Lewis, Cal Ripken worked it, everybody, we always worked this out. They worked this out with Suggs, they worked it, they've worked it out with everybody they've ever wanted to work it out with. I'm not sure they want to work it out. One, that, let's start with that. One, two, and three. I'm not sure that they're as married to Lamar as... Mm-hmm. People might think they are. The other part of this is I think Calais Campbell, Marlon Humphrey, Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith, Ronnie Stanley, I believe they all believe he's going to be their quarterback September 7th. And, and like, I don't know why they believe that, but I really get the vibe that the players on the team think Lamar is going to be the quarterback. Well. He's really good. They've won a lot of football games with him. Uh, That's why, I mean, I I keep coming back to, I don't know how this is going to play out. And I hear what you're saying, but trading him still involves him agreeing to the tag and agreeing to a long-term contract with another team. And I'm not convinced that that's going to happen. And And the Ravens agreeing to compensation, which might even be the bigger part, right? Yeah, No question. So that's where I keep coming back to. I'm not nearly as convinced as you are that they won't, stay together another year on a franchise tag because it might be their only option short of just saying, all right, we'll just let you go. You know, Why would I mean, Lamar do that? Because there's 45 million involved in it uh, for him to do it on the exclusive tag projected 45 million uh, involved. And that would be what more than double what his career earnings are. All the so... grownups told him not to play last year. Right. I mean, sure. I Demora Smith would have told him don't play last year. Right. Like yeah. I, I, there's just so much, I, sure. I don't want to say this is fun talking about this, but this is the only time in, in 31 years on the radio that I've had to have this kind of, certainly 26 years with the Ravens, 27 years with the Ravens. And we're at this spot with this player, this position at this place in the world. It's, it's a fascinating 60 to 90 days here for the franchise and for how they're going to go about this. No question. It's like I said, I mean, this is an inflection point. I mean, it really is for the organization and why the NFL PA has taken such an, an interest in this is it's an inflection point potentially for franchise quarterbacks, the cream of the crop, you know, the, the, the franchise young franchise quarterbacks that are getting that first real contract post being drafted. I mean, that's, that's where we are because you can keep saying Deshaun Watson's an outlier, 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 and you could say, oh, well, Kyler Murray. Okay, Kyler Mur- Murray is not Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow or you know, even uh, look at Justin Herbert in terms of the raw ability that so many talent evaluators just love or Jalen Hurts uh, with what he did this year where before he got hurt, looked like he might have been the MVP, You know, although Mahomes certainly would have said, had something to say about that over the last few weeks uh, of the season. But – the, the point is, if you're the NFLPA, you want Lamar to hold firm here because if he does, and whether it's the Ravens blinking, which I don't think is happening at this point, or it's just one other team that says, we'll give them a fully guaranteed deal, whether it's the Falcons or whoever you want to dream up uh, as far as being a scenario. Look, take your pick. There are a ton of teams desperate for a franchise quarterback, uh, desperate for someone like Lamar who's going to sell tickets and, and revitalize a fan base. And Well, it was uh, 11 months people. ago, right, that we saw everybody go crazy for Deshaun Watson. We saw it, and it took Three of those one, teams still don't have quarterbacks. W- one team was willing to step up and, and give a fully guaranteed deal at that point in time. So that's where if you are the Ravens or 
anyone that's hoping that the Ravens can work this out, you say, okay, is there another one? If there isn't, then Lamar will find that out. And it might be that there is a stalemate. But if Joe Burrow then ends up signing a, a non-fully guaranteed deal, or Jalen Hurts, or both of them, or Justin Herbert, who, let's face it, the Chargers, you know, that's not, that's a, a family-owned operation there that Paul Brown, or not Paul Brown, Mike Brown, the Bengals, family-owned operation there. You know, they, they don't have Haslam money. question about the Bengals, by the way, about their money as to what they could guarantee Burrow because of how not rich they are. Right, right. I mean, the cash, cash rich, right? I mean, and yes. the whole thing about keeping the money in escrow and all that. I mean, all those things. And let's be clear, I don't even want to use the term can because we're talking about billion dollar operations here. Willingness, right? Willingness to do that. Uh, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And you look at how the Bengals have structured deals historically. The Steelers for a long time were in the same camp until TJ Watt came along and they enforced their hand and they had to change how they do business in terms of how much guaranteed money they give out. Well, that uh, would but, be something but, the Brown family guaranteeing Burrow, giving Burrow a 240 million guaranteed that then would set the chart out that, well, the, that the Brown family would do that. That that would be incredible that they would set a market. Right. No question. But that's we're back to this game of chicken, right? Where everyone's trying to wait it out and these quarterbacks are, are all going to wait it out. And look, that's not even to say that Burrow and Hertz and, and, and Herbert are all going to sit there and demand a fully guaranteed deal in the same way that Lamar does. But if Lamar gets one, that changes everything then because now you can't, if you're talking about two guys that have done that in, in a year's time, or, you know, let's say it's a month or two months, from, you know, right before the draft, you know, that, that would kind of be your, pseudo deadline for a trade right in terms of how the ravens are going to approach this and the draft and potentially drafting lamar's replacement if there is a trade all that so you know we're roughly two months right you know what would be kind of your deadline there but obviously it's complicated by the cap and everything else you want to do in free agency but those guys are definitely rooting for lamar jackson you know quietly to get a fully guaranteed deal because then it it's not nearly as outrageous for them to ask or demand the same thing, right? I mean, that's why I said this is such an inflection point, not just for the Ravens and how they do business and how they put together their roster. And uh, again, it's easy to say you're going to move on from Lamar, but then who the heck's going to play quarterback? And how are you going to get that guy? And you just said you're not sure they can beat Mahomes and Burrow and uh, and Josh Allen with Lamar. Well, then don't talk to me about Derek Carr and Ryan Danahill then because those guys sure as heck aren't, they're not doing it whatsoever with those guys. So to, to me, it's more than you're going back into the draft and you're trying to find the the next guy, Lamar 2.0, so to speak, you know, for lack of a better description. But, you know, all of those quarterbacks that I talked about that are up for potentially getting, getting an extension this offseason, you know, they're eligible for it now. They're all root, they're rooting for Lamar. There's no question about it. So that's where there is so much. You know, I don't know if pressure is the right term. I've seen some people characterize it that way. And look, at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson's 26 years old. He's an adult. You know, he, he's making business decisions, right? He's a, he's a grown up. Uh, you, you can uh, agree or disagree with how he's gone about doing it, but you know, th this is not the NFLPA manipulating him. The NFLPA is empowering Lamar to seek uh, the, the kind of deal that Deshaun Watson got and then some. So, whether that's going to happen or not, you know, <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's if it's going to happen, it's going to be with the Baltimore Ravens. But again, how do we get to point A? To point B. 
And that's where this continues to be complicated. And we can all say, oh, it's going to be a trade or the tag or they're going to work it out eventually. I don't know. And that that's not the sexy thing to say on the radio. I get that. That's not what gets clicks and, and ratings on ESPN. But I don't know because there are still so many moving parts to this. And at the end of the day, there still needs to be cooperation between the two sides to get to any of those potential outcomes that we've talked about now for weeks and weeks and weeks. Combine ahead, the underwear Olympics this week, spring training baseball, the Terps are making March Madness magic happen. And you can find Luke out at Baltimore Luke out on the Twitter thing. Of course, uh, we're out on social media, Instagram and LinkedIn and all those places and Facebook. We will be at Drug City on Friday with Calvin State and my dear friend. We'll be there from 2 until 5. Uh, all brought to you by the Maryland Lottery, doing the Maryland Crab Cake Tour at the Fountain in Drug City. Uh, that's this Friday. And then, of course, on Wednesday of next week, we move to Fadley's at Lexington Market uh, in the old market. It's also brought to you by our friends at Window Nation, 866-90-NATION. I'm going to have new scratch-offs in the lottery with me over the next week. I'm back sort of in the cockpit doing things around here this week, and you can always find me, Ness, at BaltimorePositive.com. He is Luke. I'm Nestor. We're still doing plenty of sports around here, plenty of great conversations. We are WNST, AM 1570, Towson, Baltimore, and we never stop talking Baltimore positive.